0: Get your notes out. We're in the middle of a Christmas series that I'm just loving. I love all of them, but I love this one because we're talking about unwrapped, unwrapped. Because we're in Christmas, gifts are going to be exchanged, but how many knows that no matter what's in that gift, if you don't unwrap it, you don't get to partake in the value and the purpose of it? Amen. You know. If if I bought my wife a lawnmower and kept it in the box, she'd never get to cut my grass. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But just the thought of it felt good. You know what I mean? It just felt good to think that might be a possibility. No, not really. She's an amazing, amazing housewife. So I love her inside because then I'll take care of the outside. But how many knows no matter what the value inside that box is, it's no good if you don't open it? And I want to tell you today, and we're taking you through a series just using one scripture where Jesus said he's put so much inside of us, and there's such a valuable gift inside of us, but if you and I don't understand the value of it, we're leaving it wrapped, and we're not unwrapping it and let the value and the purpose of that gift come out. So I want to talk to you more about that today. Let's go right to our text. And, and we're in First Peter says, but you are a chosen people. We talked about that last Sunday. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And the King James says, you're a peculiar people. Yeah. You're peculiar. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a moment. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now there's a lot of Christianese in that. There's a lot of religious terms in that scripture that I'm going to break down and really bring them to where we can understand today. Before we do that, let's go to the next text that we used last Sunday. It's in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says, God is building a home. And we shared with you last Sunday, Transformation Church, I don't want to be a church. I want to be a home. You know, I've gone to churches where you didn't feel apart and you weren't in the clique and you didn't belong to the clan. And uh, the clan's a bad word. I'm talking about a group. Okay. That was not a good word. Okay. C L A N. Okay. Uh, you, you didn't belong. That's not a good word in a multi-diverse cultural church, is it? All right. But, uh, but you just did. Where do I go from there? <laughs> Woo! They teach you, do not do that in Bible college. They teach you that, okay? But how many's glad you belong to a family? (laughs) Let me move on. This one will not be on live media, I can tell you. We'll use service number one. But God's building a home. We belong to a family, and we're a home, and a home is where you can be you and still be accepted. That my wife and children, they know the real Dan that you might not see every Sunday. They see me when I'm not up here trying to be my best. They see me when I'm on my bad day. They see me when they see the humanity of them. My children know all about my humanity, and they see my weaknesses, and they know my failures, and yet they still call me Father, and they respect me. Amen. And, and that's what home is, where you can have your bad day and still be respected and embraced by your family. Home's the safe place that I want to go. And so God said, I'm building a home, and we're building a home here, not just another church. He is using us all, irrespective of how we got here. I mean, he's glad that Jesus didn't look at where you come from, he's looking at where you're going. And irrespective of where you were, and your past means nothing to me, your present and your future does. I had that happen this week, a guy wanted to talk to me. He said, Pastor, before I join your church and I get involved, I just think you need to know some stuff about my past. I said, are you still in it? He said, no. I said, then we don't need a discussion. Let's let's go to your present and your future. Now, if you're still involved in something I need to know about, we're going to help you through it. We're not going to judge you. But I don't care where you come from. I want to know where are we as a family going? Irrespective of how we got here and what he's building, he used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. The foundation's been laid. He used the prophets and the apostles to lay that, but now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the building and the parts of it together. And I wanna talk to you about that today because Peter, he was previously in in other verses describing how Jesus is the cornerstone, the foundation of the house, of the home, of the church, but the world didn't receive him. They stumbled over him, They, they couldn't get it because you see, he came like a servant and they were looking for a king. And they stumbled over that. We we thought he was coming in royalty and, 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 and prestige. And he came in poverty and on a cult, and they couldn't understand that. And they stumbled over it. He came to suffer when they were expecting him to come as a conqueror, not one to die. And they couldn't grab that and they couldn't understand it. And as the Jews rejected him as his coming, so has the rest of the unbelieving world and and society today. They've rejected and they've stumbled all over him ever since that moment. Don't we see that in the media? The media doesn't know what to do with Jesus. It's like, we want to prove that he doesn't exist, but we can. not We want to keep belittling him, but every time we try to belittle him, he does something that only he can do. And they just keep stumbling over this man called Jesus because he's the cornerstone of the building, of the house, of the home, of the church. Peter declared it in 1 Peter 2 8. A stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is what God destined them to obtain. They stumbled because they couldn't grab that message of this grace and this love of Jesus. The world refused to accept him and his message. And the religious world has tried to use his message to judge and condemn people rather than to heal them and make people whole. That's why 87% of even those in church, we have a four-step journey that we take everyone that will in this church. And that's number one, we want you to know God. It isn't about you being a member here. We want you to be a member there. We want you to know God and know God deeply and personally. And then number two, we're gonna help you find freedom. That How many got saved and God instantly set you free from some stuff? Anybody? How many still got some stuff going on after you got saved? The rest of you got a lying issue, okay? And, and that's another message, all right? And there's some deceptiveness going on in your life. No, we've all got some stuff we're still working out, don't we? But I want to know I'm in a home that I can work it out and not get judged and condemned by it. But I've got a family around that's going to help me find that freedom that I'm looking for. And we want to be that family. And once you're on that journey, because 87% of the people in the church never leave step two and go into step three, discovering your purpose because you never feel good enough. Never feel saved enough. Never feel like I'm close enough to Jesus to go into my destiny and my purpose. And we want you to know that when you find and fit and unwrap your purpose, you start walking in your freedom. And then number four, we want you to join the family and join us in making a difference. Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and join something bigger than you and let's go make a difference in impacting other people's lives with the hope of Jesus. Amen? Now, understanding that, you got to realize that the scripture said this, the very first scripture, you are a chosen people. You are. And we showed you last Sunday, the word chosen there means to be handpicked, to be selected as the best and most appropriate. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and say, I've been handpicked. I've been handpicked. And here's what I want you to get You've got to understand this today to get this message, because I believe with all my heart God wants to unwrap some truth in some of you today and all of us today, is that you've been handpicked by God. You've been selected specifically for a task and a purpose by God. And that word means you are chosen. And I want you to get that today, God chose you. You didn't track God down. He predestined you before the foundation of the earth. God chose you. You are a chosen people, handpicked. And when we begin to grab hold of that, we can move into part two today. Go with me now on a journey, and I'm gonna go quick, unwrapping your identity in Christ. And when God said, you are a chosen people, I have handpicked you, here's why. And I wanna deal today on called out. Last week we talked about chosen. Today, now that you identify that I've been handpicked by God, God wants to call you out on a few things. Not bad, he wants to call you out and let you realize what's really going on inside of you. What does that gift look like? Number one, he said you are a royal priesthood. Now that's some big churchy words right there that can kind of be scary, so I wanna break them down to you because you see in in the Old Testament, There was two lineage of people, and that was the lineage of Aaron and the lineage of Levi that all the priests came from. And if you weren't of the lineage of Levi or the the lineage of Aaron, you couldn't approach God, you couldn't approach the temple, you couldn't offer a sacrifice. Even if you were a Jew, if you were not of that priestly lineage, you had no access to God personally. But then the Bible said under the new covenant... That's another big word, so let me explain it to you. In the Old Testament, you had to have another person. You had to have a priest that could get to God for you. But when Jesus died on the cross, and when he shed his blood and gave his life for the remission of mine and your sin, and he resurrected on that third day, we no longer need that lineage of priesthood. He said, you've become royal priest in my kingdom now. You now take the place of that lineage. There's royalty flowing through your veins today. There's a gift inside of you that I can boldly come to the throne of grace right now as a priest of heaven. Come on, send a scripture. Look at Romans. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. God didn't save you from sin to put you in another bondage. He didn't save you from Satan to put you in bondage to religion. A bunch of don'ts and don'ts. And, I mean, I grew up in church. I mean, the list of don'ts was like, here's a page, here's a page, here's a page. And, and by the way, go to church and you'll make it to heaven. And it was all these rules, man. And God said, that's not what it's about. He said, I didn't save you to make you slaves. He said, so the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And I shared with you in another sermon that when you're adopted in the state of Florida, you have more rights than the biological children do. Biological parents can take their kids out of the will, but you can't remove an adopted child out of your will or your trust. They're in it for life. I'm adopted. You're adopted by God. We weren't in the lineage. He adopted us. And he didn't just adopt us. He's making us royal priests. He says, you're adopted to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Watch this. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Let, let, Let me put this in the everyday language now. Unwrapping the identity of a royal priesthood unlocks the blessings of being united with Christ. We are now his body. And whatever glory, here's what God said, whatever glory I put in and upon my son, Jesus, I'm putting in and on you. You just became royal priest in my kingdom. Listen today, you will never hold a higher position in this life than that. I don't care what your company promotes you to. I don't care what kind of raise you get. I don't care what kind of position they put you in. You will never find a higher position than God just placed you in. He just said, I've called you. He said, I've chosen you. I've handpicked you. Now I want you to understand this gift that sits inside of you. I've called you. I'm calling out. I'm calling you out today to understand and identify inside of you. There's a royalty. There's a priesthood. I place within you the same authority that I put in my son Jesus. He said in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Watch this. Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? Royal priesthood, he's saying, there's such an authority that's inside of you as my chosen I've called you out now, your royal priesthood. There's an authority within every one of us that has made Jesus the Lord of our life today. He said, You have the authority to judge angels. Amen. That means you have authority, my friend, over every lie the enemy is speaking over your marriage today. You have authority over every disease the enemy is trying to put in your body and on your family today. You have authority over every financial crisis that the devil's trying to place upon you and your household. You have authority over every lie that the enemy is trying to remind you of of your past. You have authority over every aspect of your life today. He said, "I'm placing upon you the authority that will judge angels." And if it judges angels, it sure does overpower the enemy. He said, "I'm calling you out as royal. Priest in my kingdom. You've got to see that. You've got to unwrap that, or it stays hidden in a box and we still live with a victim mentality rather than a conquering mindset. You see, he said, The gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Matthew said in Matthew 28, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go there, go therefore and make disciples. What God is saying there is, When I, when I said you are royal priest, I'm not talking about a robe, and I'm talking about an attitude and a spirit of authority that inside of you, all power has been given. I want you to now take that to the world. And when we walk on the job tomorrow, we should be different than everybody else that doesn't possess that. We shouldn't be living in the same fear and the same worry and the same mess that they're living in. We identified by our family as something's different, something's different about you. There's something about you that's different than the rest of us, and it is because you now walk in a position of authority, a power, because God has dictated and and determined and declared upon you today a priesthood. He said, I've adopted you, not just in my family, I've adopted you into the royal lineage that now I can boldly come to the throne of grace and cry, my Father. And it's a rule around this church. Everyone knows that I I have children that are grown now and I have grandchildren. But my children and grandchildren have free access to me at any time, at any place, no matter who I'm with. My children and my grandchildren don't have to wait on anybody to see me because they're my my family. You with me? And my kids grew up in church because it was hard being a pastor's kid because they were always second, not in my house. My kid, I don't care if the president of some college is in my office. If my kids on the outside want to see their father, you let me know. And this meeting gets on hold for a minute because my kids were never told to wait to see their father. And can I tell you, I have a heavenly father. They're saying, you don't have to wait and you don't need an appointment. You've got access. You, you've been adopted into this lineage. Come on. But I can tell you, that's why all of my children are on this stage or somewhere in this building serving God with me today, is because they were never second class to anybody else. Amen. And can I tell you this today? God's saying to you today, I've chosen you, you're first class, you're hand-picked, and I want you to realize and open that gift today that there's a royalty that's flowing in your veins today, you're priest in my kingdom, and the authority that I've given to my son and the glory I've placed upon my son is your authority and your glory. Amen. Let's go do it. Amen. And then he says, number two, you're a holy nation. A holy nation. And anytime we see that word holy, boy, everybody goes to that whole thing like, you know, if you breathe wrong, you're going to hell. And I believe in holiness and I believe there's a life and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But that's not what he's saying. The word here, the holy nation, means to be set apart by God for good works, to both serve and worship him. He said, I've chosen you. I've handpicked you. Then I want you to understand that I've adopted you, and I want you to unwrap that truth that now upon you I place the authority of my spirit and the, the glory that I put on my son I now have available for you. All authority of heaven lives inside of you now. Start living in that. And he said, then I want you to understand that I've set you apart. You're a holy nation. You're, you're a people that I've set apart for good works and to worship. Ephesians says in Ephesians 2, for we are God's handiwork. How many is glad God's still working on you? Come on, if, if you think you're done, just ask your spouse, and they'll tell you God needs to keep working, all right? For we are God's handiwork. He's still working on us, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know that family lineage that you just can't stand that you're in? God put you there on purpose. Yeah, there's some stuff in there that's not pretty. That's why he put you there. Because through you, he's going to help clean it up. And the generations to follow you aren't going to have to deal with the bondages of the generations that preceded you. Come on. Some of you, your whole generation, your whole lineage has been poverty, but you're the one that God's going to change that with. It's been drugs and alcohol. You're the one God's going to change that with. He he puts you there on purpose. He prepared you for this moment. He chose you. He handpicked you. He's given you the authority to destroy that bondage over your family, over your home, over a lineage. That job some of you keep asking God to get you out of, he will when you fulfill the purpose of why he put you there to start with. He destined you to be there to make an impact, to make a difference, because the word "handiwork" means a uh, poema in the Greek poema, which means to paint a picture." And when God says you're a holy nation, what he's saying is this: first, understand the authority I place within you through priesthood, but then I want you to understand: I'm painting a picture with your life. Amen. I'm writing a poem. Your life is a picture and a poem that others are reading that's going to be a testimony of my grace to the world, but it's going to offer praise and glory to me. And and I'm seeing this on Facebook with so many of our new converts now, and I monitor Facebook. I really do. And if you get a text from me going, take that down, just take it down, because I'm going to win. Okay? I'm going to win because you represent this. So we're going to get that picture off, okay? Okay? But more than that, I'm seeing stories and testimonies where I'm seeing people go, bro, I'm, re- I'm watching your life, man. God, there's something going on. I'm seeing the change in you. I'm, I'm watching you change. And what is it? They're reading your poem and they're watching God paint your picture. And what God did is He took that picture that was broken and messed up and torn and shattered, and He's just done a whitewash on it. And now He's writing a new poem and He's painting a new picture of your story. He said, You're a holy nation. I've set you apart. I'm going to take all of your mess. I'm going to take all of your junk. You've got to identify your priesthood first before you can let me do this. But when you identify that I've handpicked you, and you identify that I've now placed you in a lineage that man can't put you in, you're now going to open that gift and you're going to unwrap the truth that I'm doing something new in you. I'm making a brand new person in you. I'm writing a new story. I'm painting a new picture. And your family's going to read it. Your friends are going to see it. They're going to watch me continue to add more and more to your picture. And they're going to want to know that Jesus has got the brush in his hand. And they're going to come and go, how do I find what you found? What what are you doing that's making such a difference? And God said, that's my holy nation over there. They're not a people with their nose in the thinking they're better than anybody else. It's not that kind of holiness. They're a group of people that realized they were in need of a savior and Jesus came into their world. And I'm painting a new picture. I'm writing a new story. I'm putting a new poem together that people can read and it'll offer praise and worship unto me. Come on, let's give him praise for that today. I think you're all getting this. You see, he didn't ask us to try to be better than anybody else. He asked us to be different. See, my role in life is not to try to be better than the guy that's on drugs. It's to be different so that I can offer him a difference. The day I think I'm better, I don't care about him. But the day I realize I'm just different by the grace of God. And there could go I but by the grace of Jesus. So I'm not better, I've just become different because he's painting a new picture and he's writing a new poem. But let's go ahead and start your new book too. And let's let Jesus do the same for you. Holy nation, what does that mean? There's nine fruits of the spirit and when you become a holy nation, you begin to walk those out. You know, things that we can't do on our own because when the world hates, we love as we become a holy nation. He's painting a new picture. Look across this building right now. Look on this stage today. There were six nationalities up here leading us in worship in the South. He's leading us to worship. Look, look across here today at our family. We've got attorneys in here. We've got doctors in here. We have homeless people in here. We have people that were taken taking care of in shelters in here. We're in seven prisons every week. We have strong ministry teams in seven prisons every week. It's called a family, it's called a home. But it's a group of people that realize one day we all bleed red and we all need a savior. And we decided, you know what, let's, let's don't act like the rest of the world that hates each other, let's just get some love in here. And we can't do this on our own. This takes a gift, a, a fruit from heaven. And, and that we're different than the rest of the world. That's that holy nation. You can't be holy on your own. It takes that, that person of Jesus, and, and he gives us love. He, he, when the world is sad and depressed, we've got joy. Well, I feel some joy in here today. Does anybody else feel that? There's some joy going on. James put it like this. I've gotta hurry and close. James said, religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans, and widows and their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Amen. The church has made this list crazy. Religion that God our Father accepts is if you don't, 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 If you if you don't fail any of that, that's the religion that now that's not what God said. Believe me, I'm not saying you can be a Christian and just live any way you want to live. So don't misunderstand that either, but we're all pressing toward the mark. He said the religion that our father accepts is pure and faultless. It's look after the orphans, take care of the widows. When they're in distress, and we do that as as best as we know how we're trying to get better, but keep yourself from being polluted by the world. Be a holy nation, be different, be different. Don't be like the rest. And I, I love it, man. We got so many new converts in here right now. It's just glorious. And I'm watching them on Facebook telling their friends, you keep using his name in vain. Mm, you don't do that on my posts no more. That Jesus that you're cursing, he's my best friend now. You know, and instead of being polluted, we're adding some salt and light to it. The last thing God said is you're my special possession. You're my special possession. You got to unwrap that truth. Number one, you're a royal priesthood. Number two, you're a holy nation. Number three, you're a special possession. As I said, the King James says, a peculiar people. And how many knew that person beside you was already peculiar before I told you that? Amen? <laughs> peculiar people. You know what the word peculiar means? It means that I belong exclusively to some other person as their special treasure peculiar didn't mean crazy he says you're my special possession God wants you to unwrap that truth today that you're just not some coincidence that dropped into a church one day that God just wants to try to add some aid to to help you survive earth and one day hopefully get you to heaven that's not how God looks at you he looks at you as a special possession that was created specifically for his pleasure, that you're a special possession to him. Deuteronomy seven says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Man, can some of you get that in your heart today? You've been spoken down on so long, so much in your life, told you what you're not, what you can't be, told you all the failures, reminded you of every mistake you've made, can I just speak to you as a voice of your heavenly father today that God wants you to know that you're peculiar, that you're special, your possession that he ordained before the foundation of the earth to be called his today. You've had a rocky road. You've had some hurts. You've had some offenses. You've made some mistakes. You've sinned. We all have, and we've fallen short of God's glory, but God wants you to know today the gift is still there with inside of you. It's still there. You've been called out and chosen by God god you've been adopted into a lineage of priesthood you're a holy people set apart by him and you are special you're like that gift in a safe and a vault that's been passed from one generation to another because of his treasure and his value god said you didn't know it you're you're a fifth generation you're a fourth generation and it's not all been pretty there's some brokenness there's some hurt there's some pain there's some offense there's all kinds of things that have gone on and, and you didn't think what was in that box was of much value. But God said, you didn't know it. You've listened to the lie. You've been lied to all these years. Inside of you is a treasure that you're a, you're a possession of mine. You belong to me and nobody else and, and you're of great value. And at this point in your life, I want you to unwrap that box. I want you to unwrap that heart of yours. I want you to unwrap that spirit. I want you to unwrap that mind and let me show you who and what you really are. It says, let me do that. Let me do that to you. I want to challenge you today the writer said, I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. And I want to tell you today, I know I'm getting kind of preachy up here today, aren't I? <laughs> oh, well, I'll try to calm down next Sunday, but I'm feeling this because I feel like some of you has been beat up and lied to for so long. You never even heard that, much less got it. But Jesus wants you to know today he chose you I don't care if you're a doctor an attorney in here today and and the world may be fine in the palm of your hand, but inside, your life's a wreck. Jesus handpicked you. If your world's perfect right now, he handpicked you. If your world's crumbling right now, you've been handpicked. Wherever you're at in life, God wants you to know today that he chose you. He wants you to know today that he's adopted you and put you into the lineage of the priesthood. There's an authority inside of you that you don't have to listen to the lies of the enemy another day of your life because he wants to take you into that holy nation and he wants to start to repaint your picture and rewrite your story. And he wants you to leave this building today understanding that you are a prized possession of heaven. That you're a special gift in the hands of the creator in Jesus' name. How many receive that word today from God? you receive it? bow your heads with me, please. How many Christians, I want to talk to Christians for the next 10 seconds. How many Christians right now would say, I've given my life to Jesus, but boy, has the enemy been working me over and I heard some things today that's helping me. I heard some truth today that I'm going to start walking out and I'm going to quit listening to the lies of the enemy and I'm going to grab that package today, my heart, my spirit, and I'm going to let God unwrap it, and I'm going to unwrap it with him, and I'm going to let everything that I am to him start becoming alive. I'm going to start enjoying who I am in God. Come on, many hands are going up. Who else to join these? Say, that's me today. I'm not going to let the enemy lie to me another day. I've been handpicked. I've been handpicked by God. Father, I just pray over these right now. I pray, God, that you'll open their heart and give them the strength today and the courage to just rip that ribbon off and open that box up and let that real them come out. God, let them enjoy who they are in you today. Let them walk in the authority of God. Let them let you just get the paintbrush out, begin to paint a new picture. God, let them go home today with their head up high and their chest out strong, declaring that I'm a prized possession of God. I'm special, I'm special. Maybe you're here right now and you just say, Pastor Dan, I'm not even at that point right now. I'm a good person, but spiritually I'm in a bad place. And man, the devil's lied to me and he's beat me up and I've listened to lies and maybe I've made some bad choices or whatever. I'm not a bad person. I'm just not in a good place spiritually. And I just want you to pray a prayer for me. I promise you, I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna come to you. I just wanna pray a prayer for you. We had six people raise their hand and accept Jesus in the early service and hands are already going up all over this building now in the second service. But if that's you and you say, would you just pray a prayer with me, Pastor? I need Jesus in my life. Just raise your hand so he can see it. It's really not for me, it's for him. You can put it right back down. I'm gonna pray a prayer right now and the rest of the congregation is gonna join you so you don't feel alone. Will you pray this prayer? If you minute when you raise that hand and you just said, God, I, I realize today you're not after me to hurt me. You're not after me to judge me. You're after me to love me. You want to bring healing in my life and you've got great things for me and I want those. I want to see me different in you today. Will you pray this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead, I can be saved. So right now, I come to you, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.